News, politics, and special guests with a Texas twist. That's the goal of the Luke Macias Show. Our nation and state are at a crossroads, and if you're not informed, you're not equipped to make the change that our community needs. Join the conversation and join the cause for liberty today. Welcome to episode 32 of the Luke Macias Show. Guys, today we have a updated um, conversation with Jeff Younger, the father of the son who is being transitioned to be a woman without his permission up in the DFW area. This was episode one. If you have not listened to episode one, um, we give a quick recap of Jeff's story, but really for kind of a one hour in-depth conversation with Jeff, you really should check out episode one. Um, It was the very first episode we released for this podcast, hence it being episode one. And so we brought Jeff back on here for episode 32, and he gave us just a 30-minute overview of not only what's happened, but what is currently happening. Um, And again, kind of set the stage for the October 15th through 17th trial, which is going to go on in uh, North Texas. This is going to be a jury trial, and they are going to get to decide both whether or not his son uh, is granted joint custody with the parents or whether they give one parent the custody, and then if so, who that parent is. And so this is a big decision, this is a big case, and this is going to set a lot of precedent for whether this type of child abuse uh, will continue to be allowed within our state. And so this is the question before us, and this is the stuff we talk about during our conversation with Jeff. Um, I want to give a quick word to our sponsor for the episode, and then I want to go straight to the conversation with Jeff. So thank you so much for tuning in today. Guys, our sponsor for today's show is Patriot Academy. PatriotAcademy.com. You have heard me talk about this organization, but um, this truly is, for many students, a life-altering event. Um, I cannot tell you how many 16, 17, 18, 20, 25-year-olds that have gone to this leadership program and come out with an entirely new direction for their life. You can go to patriotacademy.com to find out where they do these events, but essentially they take these students and they go through a week of being a legislator. They actually debate in the in the Texas House of Representatives, in the uh, Delaware House of Representatives, Idaho House of Representatives. It's an incredible experience. I have been involved with them. I believe in what they do. In fact, if you contact them and tell them that you heard about them through the Luke Macias show, I will contribute toward your uh, fee of actually attending. If you know a student that needs to go, that needs direction for their life, they're going to have an opportunity to learn about worldview, about free market economics, about the values that hold society together, and they're going to have an opportunity to be equipped to be a part of making the change that our community, our state, our nation need. So patriotacademy.com. We're grateful for their willingness to sponsor this podcast, and we also want to encourage each and every one of you to check them out. Please do so today. Well, welcome to episode 31 of the Luke Messiah Show. Uh, Normally, this would be a week where I give kind of a commentary on what's going on, but when Jeff was willing to come and sit down with us, um, I decided to interrupt our normal broadcasting schedule because I don't want to wait till the following week to release this. So, Jeff, um, thank you. I know you were our very first guests that ever came on this show, and we're very grateful for that, and um, we're really excited about all the coverage that that conversation got. Um, I did, you know, we've gotten a number, the the most frequent request actually from our listeners is an update on your story, right? And so I wanted to bring you back in uh, and just have a conversation about what has transpired, what's going on, just to recap for our listeners, you know, Jeff, and I want you to take, you know, five or 10 minutes to 
remind us of the story from beginning to end and to where we are now. But um, Jeff is a father here in Texas in the Lone Star State whose son is being transitioned to be a woman, and um, and it is against your permission and your will, mm-hmm. and you are in a battle, in a fight to preserve your son. And um, so why don't you just take a few minutes to kind of catch our listeners up. Maybe some didn't listen to the very first episode we, okay. we launched, and so give a little bit of the story. Um, but also, particularly, we do want to focus on kind of what's happened from January till now, and then also talk about your upcoming court case in October. Okay. Well, this all started when my ex-wife, Ann Georgilis, who's a pediatrician in Capel, Texas, uh, she filed for divorce. During the, the, the separation period, before we went to final trial on the divorce, she began telling my son that he was a girl. Mm-hmm. And if you go to savejames.com, mm-hmm. you can see that video. Um, and that was the first time I found out about any of this. You, your, your listeners, your audience mm-hmm. can experience that with me and the yeah. shock of that. My son was saying, mommy says I'm a girl. And he mm-hmm. really believed he was a girl, and I couldn't shake him from it. And so I started uh, you know, really fighting this with my son and yep. trying to explain to him the church's teachings on sexuality and gender. Mm. And I had to start that pretty early with him. Mm. Things kept getting worse and worse. So after the divorce was finalized, uh, she chose his fifth birthday party to be his coming out party. Mm. And he showed up to that party in a dress. And she began to socially transition him, is what she called it. Mm-hmm. I just call it cross-dressing. Mm-hmm. She began cross-dressing my son, and um, he hid under a table and was very embarrassed. But over time, she's gotten him over that. And then she registered him school that year mm. uh, as a girl. And he goes by the at the school. He goes by the fake girl's name, Luna. Mm. And I think that comes from a famous uh, book about a transgender child called Luna. She was reading him transgender books when he was two years old. Mm. Um, so he's he, all of his authority figures at school right now, his teacher, his principals, the librarian, the school police officer, the lunch ladies, the gym teacher, are all telling him that he's a girl. Mm. So I've been fighting this uh, very stridently, since, especially since I found out when he was three. Mm-hmm. All right. It's gotten more and more. And that was three years ago? Or? Yes. Okay. And then when she started cross-dressing him, I began to, to contemplate legal action. Mm-hmm. And she beat me to the punch, as she usually does, and she filed a motion to modify July of last year. Mm-hmm. And she seeks in that uh, petition to the court to... Um, limit my access to James if I don't affirm that he's a girl, to uh, force me to use female pronouns and his fake girl's name Mm -hmm. on him, and to restrict me from ever presenting him to third parties as a girl, Mm -hmm. and to force me into transgender education classes, uh, which will teach me how to parent a transgender child, even though that violates all of my religious beliefs. Mm -hmm. And finally, they're asking that uh, I'd be required to pay as medical child support. I'd be required to pay for the chemical castration and sexual mutilation of my child in a sex change surgery. Hmm. So I filed a counter petition ask, telling the court that we can't co-parent. And because we can't co-parent, the court needs to appoint a sole managing conservator. Either the children will be raised by her or by me, and the court needs to make that decision. 
So after I filed that counter petition, we went through with the usual legal discovery and everything. And then the legislative session came mm-hmm. up this year. So, you know, I went down, I gave speeches on the steps of the Capitol. Uh, I spoke to the, almost the, you know, the entire Republican delegation mm-hmm. and caucus there. Um, I, I uh, got short audiences even with the leadership on two occasions. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just weren't able to get the legislature to do anything this year on this. And what, what I kept hearing from the rank-and-file Republicans, uh, in, in, including people like Tam Parker in my own, my own district, was that the leadership of, of the Republican Party and the legislature just did not want to address contentious social issues. Mm. And my, my um, pleading to them was that this is not a contentious social issue. Mm-hmm. This is an uncontentious issue about the life of a young boy Mm -hmm. whose life is about to be ruined. Mm -hmm. This should be particularly uncontroversial in my case because my son has never presented as a girl with me. He only Mm -hmm. presents as a girl with his mother, right? So um, I just couldn't get the legislature to budge on it, and we didn't get anything done this year on this. My understanding is that in Houston alone, there are over 250 kids who are at risk of this now, just since my case began. So the Genesis Clinic, which mm-hmm. is where your son is being That's right. psychologically and at some point medically transitioned mm-hmm. through puberty blockers, is in Dallas, and they also have a location in Houston, correct? Yeah, and this is, um, you know, this is a really important point, I think, for mm-hmm. your audience to understand. Conservatives have really underestimated the power of the left on these social issues, mm-hmm. grossly underestimated it. Mm-hmm. Let's just recap this transgender thing. So this began in 2016, like Mm -hmm. three years ago. Within three years, these Genesis clinics appeared in every major city in the United States Hmm. to do sex changes on children. Hmm. They were able to get school districts to begin to implement transgender policies. Almost every school district in America now has them. They've gotten many states to accord special rights to transgender people. And finally, they've gotten the psychological community to acquiesce to this idea that we have to, if a child expresses any interest in girl things, we have to say that they're a girl and affirm mm-hmm. them as a girl. That is an ex- if you can do that in three years, that is an amazing amount of social power. And... I mean, it's an amazing amount because the vast majority, not, you know, everyone in America I've ever talked to basically is against this, doing this to children. So the left can express that kind of social power, and we really need a strong legislative response against mm-hmm. this. We really needed that this year. And I'm, but I'm still holding out hope yep. that something can happen. And so that it, it didn't happen in 2019. Mm-hmm. We, of course, will have the 2021 legislative yep. session, right? And uh, I know that you probably heard a lot of the same things I heard from Republicans, which is, well, we can't do it now, but maybe we'll do it in two years, right? So it'll be interesting to see if leadership in general, whether it's in the Senate, the House, Mm -hmm. the governor's mansion, um, believe that this issue is worth tackling in 2021. But in 2021, just to back up, and I know I don't want to get too far ahead on your timeline, but if your son is still being transitioned by 2021, he'll already be on puberty suppressants. Is that correct? Yeah, he'll be chemically castrated by that time on these puberty blocker drugs. Yep. Um, and a lot of other children will be too. That's why when you go to the SaveJames.com website, you see we say Save James, Save Thousands of Kids. Mm-hmm. It's a test case, right? Yep. It's a test case for these people. 
So we really needed that legislation this year because mm-hmm. those clinics just opened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now all these children are going to be put at risk. It's going to be thousands of children because mm-hmm. the legislature didn't act. Mm. So that happened. What else from January till now has transpired in your okay. case particularly? So we've we've all named our expert witnesses. Okay. Okay. We have um, we have some really good witnesses. People who were, you know, instrumental in the early uh, period of transgender research really created the field. Okay. Uh, a, a very knowledgeable pediatric endocrinologist who can speak to the long-term and short-term effects of some of these puberty blocker drugs. Mm-hmm. We have clinical psychologists, you know, a, a man who uh, once was president of the Texas Psychological Association, a fellow of the American Psychological mm-hmm. Association who can speak to how these fads kind of run through psychology and, okay. and, and what the real aspects of that are. And these are expert witnesses you're bringing in mm-hmm. for the court case that is set to be in October 15th, I believe? Yeah, it's October 15th through the 17th. It's okay. going to be a two-and-a-half-day trial because a half day will be, of course, jury selection. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we are we have chosen a jury trial. Okay. And well, one thing to know about Texas, Texas is the last state, I think, where juries can decide questions about parental rights. Mm. So the jury charge will be, it's very simple, it's two questions. Um, jury, uh, do you believe... Uh, that a sole managing conservator should be appointed by the court. Mm-hmm. If the answer to that question is yes, they have to answer a second question. Who should be the sole managing mm-hmm. conservator? The judge will still decide all, all, all questions of access, Got it. Uh, possession, everything else. So, so the jury could decide that there shouldn't be a sole managing conservator. That's correct. That's correct. So, so they could say no. You guys are co-parent. <laughs> you're, you're co-parents. Yeah. And if they say that, does that automatically grant you your rights within this or does that not necessarily protect it uh, the jury the jury uh uh will be able to recommend that that there be joint managing conservators but the judge will decide who gets what rights got it okay so um you know i can't talk during this time period also we have gotten the custody evaluator report which took uh, almost a year to get yep um and thirty thousand dollars uh, unprecedented, actually. Um, this, um, I can't really talk about it, yep. but that report names specific rights that he thinks should be assigned. Um, Got it. So Got it. That report has come out, and but I can't really talk about it. Yep. Um, now, it will be live at the point in time that the court hearing takes place. Yeah. Um, the, he will be cross-examined on his report, and okay. there will be a thorough dissection of the report. And um, your audience should know that since the 2016 Houston Chronicle case here in Texas, no judge in the state of Texas can enjoin third parties uh, okay. when it comes to trials. So even if a trial is sealed, they can't. If you publicly attend, the the, the judge cannot stop you from reporting on that. Got it. Okay. So uh, I know there was also some issues that had to do with your your son getting his hair cut and things like that. What what? Tell me. Tell our listeners about that. So, uh, Miss Miss Georgilis has been trying to hyperfeminize James prior to trial, so she can get him in front of the jury with long girls' hair and mm-hmm. everything and that sort of stuff. So James has always had a short haircut, and my family we all have short haircuts. Mm-hmm. Uh, what you're seeing on the camera right now is my hair long, right? So, uh, yeah. and I grew up that way. Yeah. So um, the uh, I've kept my son's hair short since he was born, um, but the court. Because of Miss George's concerns and and the highly deferential way the courts are treating this issue, basically the burden of proof is on me to prove my son's actually a boy. Mm. Um, the judge appointed a, an amicus attorney, which is very expensive. 
Mm. And uh, so I pay, you know, two attorneys mm. and I have to pay the Mika's attorney to approve my haircuts of my son. And mm. um, over the course, uh, I just got billed uh, seven thousand um, dollars. I paid him uh, initially, I think, fifteen hundred. So we're going to be ten thousand dollars just approving haircuts by the time mm. we hit trial. Wow. So it's essentially cost you ten thousand dollars from when this entire thing started just to get an attorney to sign off on you cutting your own son's hair. That is correct. Um, and the amicus attorneys are a very interesting thing. Um, uh, they actually represent the court. They do, a okay. lot of people think they represent my son, like they're an ad litem attorney. They're not. They represent the court, and I'm not allowed to cross-examine the amicus attorney or subpoena any of his documents. Hmm. But I still have to pay for everything. I know the big difference between your wife and you, mm-hmm. your ex-wife and you, mm-hmm. is that you want to take kind of a wait and see approach mm-hmm. with your son, right? You're yeah. arguing not that he be forced to be mm-hmm. one, mm-hmm. Um, but all, actually that he just be allowed to make his own decision when he's an adult. That's right. Post puberty. That's right. And your wife and much of the you know, psychological community mm-hmm. and, and um, kind of sexual revolution leaders are pushing this affirming approach. Why don't you again, remind everybody the difference between those okay. two approaches and, and what that okay. what that has created for children right now that yeah. are going through this. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a basic principle of all psychological therapy that when, when there could be harm done by the therapy, that watchful waiting is the appropriate mm-hmm. response. You, you know, you'd be very careful and conservative in your approaches, particularly mm-hmm. if you have to use drugs, and particularly with children, yep. right? This is the only case I'm aware of in psychological practice where um, the psycho- psychological community decided it's not going to do that. Um, the affirming approach, rather than waiting and see how the child develops, says that you have to go ahead and socialize the child as the gender that they picked. Now, one of the big problems here um, that my expert witnesses are going to talk about um, is that if you just wait and see, between 90 and 99%, depending on what study you consult, but it's always in the 90s, mm-hmm. of these children simply come back to identify with their biological sex. Mm-hmm. Do, do you remember tomboys? We used to have this notion of tomboys. Mm-hmm. Girls yeah. who kind of identified as boys. I grew up boys. in that yeah. old ancient era. My cousin actually. was like that. My yeah. cousin and I used to go hunting together. Yep. You know? uh, she, was, she was just a total tomboy. Well, by the time she was 18, she was a beautiful feminine woman. She had come yeah. to just identify as a woman that yeah. way. This is a common thing we all understood, yeah. and and um, but but this has all been turned around yeah. by by this new practice. Well, here's the shocking statistic: of the children that go on these puberty blockers, zero percent ever come back to identify with their biological sex. Hmm. The affirming protocol, particularly the chemical and hormone tra- hormone transition of children. Mm-hmm seems to condition the child mm. to accept uh, an abnormal gender identity, mm-hmm. and it pushes them that way. Mm. And that is the real fear here. Mm-hmm. Now, the other side touts that 0% as evidence that their diagnostic protocol yep. is perfect, yep. right? But people who have uh, transitioned and then detransitioned, right, what we call detransitioners, yep. tell us a totally different story. Mm-hmm. And there's thousands and thousands of those people now. So let's take uh, a second to also talk about some of the people that your wife is bringing in on her side mm-hmm. 
during this trial. One of um, those people, I believe, is Dr. Jimenez. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. And she runs the Genesis well, Clinic. It's her first name. Jimenez is her first name. Oh, Jimenez okay. Lopez. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So Dr. Lopez, who works in the Genesis Clinic, mm-hmm. is that is that the Dallas and the Houston one? Is that the it's nationwide? Just the Dallas one. Opera? Okay, it's just, just the, the Dallas, Dallas mm-hmm. one. And she's going to be testifying supposedly as an expert witness on this. Yes. I mean, your wife's bringing her in to talk about the positive aspects of yes. these early childhood transitions. And then a Diane. Erinsaft, is that, that's am I correct. saying that right? I think that's right, yeah. Um, so uh, I might I might post somewhere probably in our, uh, when we release this episode, I think in the um, show notes, we'll at least put a link to Dr. Ernsaf's, uh TED Talk, I yeah. think that's out there. Uh, yeah. But pretty crazy things that this lady from mm-hmm. Oakland, California believes, right? I mean, I think I pulled one quote that said, we are in the midst of a gender revolution and the children are leading it. And then at some point they said, you know, one of the humbling things, or she said one of the humbling things was that uh, they know more than we do about yeah. this. And it's it's an insane world when we have doctors saying yeah. our four and five and six-year-old children are leading the gender revolution and they know more about it than we do. I mean, what what worldview does it take somebody to be in a situation where, and what other area do we believe that these five and six year olds know more than we do regarding science, regarding medicine, regarding the long-term mm-hmm. effects of mm-hmm. psychological treatments? I mean, can we re- but she literally makes the statement that these children know more than we do when it comes to this issue. She does. And, you know, this is one, this is, if we get down to the root, you did a great job of describing what she said. Yep. If we get down to just the root logical problem with what these people are doing, it's very simple. All of the research, going back to the 20s, 1920s, says that gender actually is socially constructed. Yep. We all know that. You learn to be a man by hanging out with your father Mm -hmm. and going to work with him. Yep. You learn to be a, a woman by hanging out with your mom. And learning, learning how to, how to be a good woman in the modern world, right? Yeah, you you do have to be socialized into these roles. They have to mm-hmm. be taught. The Bible is even very clear about that, mm-hmm. right? We're supposed to teach our sons righteous behavior, yep. our daughters righteous behavior. This is all this is all well understood. It accords with common sense. So gender is socially constructed, but then they tell us that it's innate. You're born with it, and it's totally immutable. And by the way, if you don't affirm the child in their immutable identity, you'll be psychologically harming them mm. by socializing them to a normal mm-hmm. identity. That doesn't make any sense yep. what they're saying. And it really think if you think about what she's saying, she's saying the children know better. What she's really saying is the parents don't know anything. Mm-hmm. The parents can't be allowed to make the decision. Mm-hmm. That's really what she's saying. Mm-hmm. And let's be honest, too. This is a woman who's so, in my opinion, so crazy. She, she actually defends doing double mastectomies on 12-year-old girls, mm. saying that's totally normal because they're going to come to be boys anyway. Mm. Totally normal. Mm. Right? And I always remind people, you can't even get a tattoo in Texas until you're 18. You can't yeah. do anything. Texas doesn't allow you to do yeah. things. That we just raised the smoking age to 21. To 21. Right? We're like, no, you, 19, 20, you still can't decide yes. if you can smoke a cigarette. Yes. But if you're eight, you know more than we do when it comes to whether or not you need to be have puberty suppressants yes. keep you from hit, hitting and puberty, this, 
have surgery in your early teens yes. that permanently transition you yeah. your genitalia to the opposite sex yes. of which you're born. I mean, we are we are there, and yet it's we're moving in the opposite direction when it comes crazy. to things and like whether you can consume tobacco. That's right. And and I pointed this out in our first interview, right? Yep. This is the shocking thing I did not know about yep. family courts. That one, they're not courts of law; they're courts of equity, right? So they're given wide latitude to do things other mm-hmm. courts can do. And because of that, the professional bodies are effectively making law in these courts. So mm-hmm. the policy of the APA that children know better mm-hmm. than parents is law in yep. family courts when those yes. psychologists appear and tell the courts that's how it should be. Yep, it's really scary. Yeah. Um, so October 15th, let's quickly go back to what some of our listeners and other Texans can do, um, regarding this, this case. So, uh, if you can go to savejames.com, mm-hmm. you can see the video of when you first yep. talked to your son about yep. at three years old, whether, mm-hmm. you know, when he discussed the fact that your ex-wife now was telling him he was a girl, mm-hmm. um, you can see the different court documents out there. Mm-hmm. You can make I, donations and purchase t-shirts yep. and that, that all goes to just pushing and helping the cause. Correct. Yeah. My this. expert witnesses are, you know, they're $4,000 a day. Mm-hmm. So, um, and think about, they have to travel. Yep. So, um, they're expensive. Um, yep. she's got, uh, leftist ideologues mm-hmm. who are pushing an agenda. Yep. Who are happy to come testify yep. for her. Right. Yep. Um, the other thing is, you know, uh, James's therapists, who are all, you know, uh, Abel Tomatis is one of his therapists. He uh, runs the transgender education stuff, I think, for SMU or something. Yep. He, you know, he's a gay male. Uh, he uh, he has a Twitter profile called Daddy McVig. Mm. This is my son's therapist with a gay Twitter profile called Daddy McBig. Think about what I'm not going to say any more for your audience, but just think about what I'm saying. He's an expert witness and he treats mm-hmm. my son. Mm-hmm. His other therapist is Rebecca Orr at uh, Rainbow Counseling down in Oakland, who is uh, you know, a, a married lesbian transgender ideologue who just doesn't care that my son presents as a boy when I take him to her. Mm. I took him to her and he presented as a boy, chose mm. his boy's name. She put sticky notes down on the table. You want to be Luna or James? He said, I'll be James. When he's with me. So she knows that he has a male identity mm-hmm. unless he's with his mom. Yeah. Right? So now, these I also want to back up because one of the things that I know you and other people have talked mm-hmm. about is the fact that there are members of the LGBTQ, mm-hmm. all the other letters as well, that <laughs> have actually come out in support of you oh, as well. I would right? say I the mean, vast majority. Yeah. yeah so, the vast majority. so just because somebody is even um, gay or lesbian mm-hmm. or anything like that, does not mean that they mm-hmm. support the transitioning of your son. Oh, no. Well, I always point this out. So um, my, my girlfriend mm-hmm. is an international flight attendant for American mm-hmm. Airlines. You might imagine we meet a lot of gay males, mm. right? We do. And we haven't met anyone who's for this. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, um, you know, it's, it's, it, I don't know if you've ever been to a log cabin Republican meeting. But, I mean, some of these people are even more conservative, socially conservative than I am in mm-hmm. many ways. I mean... These are some very conservative people, and they totally understand that if they let this go, mm-hmm. it could totally reverse all of yeah. the gains that they've made because people are not going to let this happen to children. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I've just pointed out is there are a lot of uh, 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 gay people, and we, we have, we've said, look, you have your rights of freedom of association. Well, we've stood up for you. I've pointed this out, too. You know, I was discharged from the Army 
because I stood up against what I thought was a very unjust, um, uh, dishonorable discharge of a gay man. Now, dishonorable discharge is about the worst thing that can happen to you in America. It's worse than a federal felony conviction. So I was I went to jail for for protesting that in the army. Right? I'm not like some anti-gay ideologue mm-hmm. here. Okay? I don't and I don't look. I'm not even on the gay agenda. To me, that was just a human rights issue, mm. right? I, I would have done that if it had been any other issue. So I'm not like some anti-gay ideologue, but if we don't, if, if the gay people don't prove to us now, mm. we, we believed them. Are you pro-family? Do you believe in parental rights? Mm. You know, you have the right to adopt. Uh, do you want this happening to your child? Mm-hmm. Do you want to be able to chemically castrate your son? And I think gay people have the same feelings, mm-hmm. and I think they'll, they'll stand up for it. But, you know, I know Don Huffines, uh, when he was still in office, gave a speech down uh, to the Lock Cabin Republicans in Oakland, mm-hmm. and he was very blunt with them. Mm-hmm. Like, this could t- reverse all the gains that you've made. Mm. And I really hope that doesn't happen. But I'll be honest with you. I haven't met any gay people who don't take my side on this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So October 15th is when the court hearing begins. And mm-hmm. you can go to SaveJames.com as well for mm-hmm. information on the court. Mm-hmm. Uh, where it is, when it is, and that can be attended by people publicly. Oh, no. Look, one of the... I'm kind of hoping that... Uh, I almost didn't talk about that because I yeah. think I told you I was planning on attending. <laughs> but I, yeah, I don't, want, I don't want thousands of people to go flock yeah. there, and now i got to get there you like hours the, early. That's right. My second child, um, who... It, it's funny because I... Uh, my wife and I uh, uh-huh. have not found out the gender uh-huh. of our child. And mm-hmm. so... Um, but I can, uh, I can always... Uh, know if I'm I'm triggering somebody because they'll ask you know do you know the gender of your child and right. I'll say actually my wife and I are waiting to find out and um and I say but it is one of two that exists right right and you know the vast majority of people go oh yes, yes. you know and then right. a couple people are going oh, yeah, oh yeah, wait absolutely. what are you talking absolutely. about and um, and so we are waiting but her uh, her or his whichever mm-hmm. this child is, due date is October 11th. Oh, and so I'm really, wow. I know we went like a week late last That's time. That's right so on the edge. It's bad. It's bad. I mean, we're going to have, my wife's going to be eating spicy food and, and doing yes. everything we can to make sure this child comes as <laughs> quickly as possible to make sure I can potentially uh, zip on up for the court hearing. Well, but uh, you're the one guy I will say I have, you have an excuse. <laughs> there you go. Well, if, if that child is a couple of days old, then but, I won't be uh, attending the hearing. But otherwise, I'm definitely going to try to be It's really important. It's something that I've started doing myself yeah. is attending trials yeah and you, you don't think of it yet we, we call it jury duty yep right for example yep actually it's not a duty it's listed as a right mm-hmm. it's a jury right you have a mm-hmm. right to ensure that the law is being applied to your fellow citizens mm-hmm. properly mm-hmm. and in accord with your community standards that's why you get mm-hmm. a jury of your peers from your own community yep right that's a right that you have we have public trials you have a right to ensure that the administration of justice and your communities is being done fairly and competently. Mm-hmm. You have a right to observe that. Mm-hmm. And I can't tell you how the judge's behavior changes when there's 100 witnesses in a courtroom. Mm-hmm. They totally change, mm-hmm. right? Because there's witnesses there. Yep. And yep. people are observing them. Yep. You know? And so I've made it a point now. I've gone down to the federal courthouse. I've watched federal trials. And uh, I just want to just observe and make sure my fellow citizens are being treated better than I was mm-hmm. in family court. You know, and it's an important right that we have, and we don't do it enough. Jeff, is there any uh, final information you want to leave some of our listeners with before we wrap up today's conversation? Look, please pray Mm. for James, and don't forget Jude. 
mm. you know. Um, it's your other son. Jude's very confused. And that is his twin brother. His twin brother. He's yeah. very confused. Yeah. Um, you know, he has to call his brother by female pronouns sometimes and boys pronouns at others. He's mm. completely confused, mm. right? Um, please pray for them. Visit Save James. You can see our original interview. Mm-hmm. Luke, it's right below the Mommy Says I'm a Girl video. Mm. It's the very first one. Yep. And people can get a very thorough understanding of what's happened. Yep. And I've published all the legal documents that I can, mm-hmm. both the ones that are positive to me, ones that are negative, everything that they've said about me, mm-hmm. everything I've said about them. I've, I've, I've pulled no punches there. Yep. And I've written a dossier there. Mm-hmm. So there's a good 30 pages in that dossier, which lay out what I think all the main issues mm-hmm. are. Yep. Jeff, thank you for coming on again. Thank you. Um, I'm, I continue to say it, but I really, my heart hurts for what you're going through. Mm. Um, and it's happening in our backyard. It's happening in our state. It's happening in our community. And there's a responsibility that Texans have to address this issue, to talk about it, to bring it up to our fellow citizens, to bring it up to community leaders, um, to be loud and proud and bold about how we communicate regarding the preservation of children in our state. And I hate that you're at the tip of the spear on this issue. And, um, but I'm grateful for your willingness to come on again and give our listeners an update. I hope that they go to savejames.com and continue to support everything you're doing, um, to try to defray some of these costs. And also I hope that they stay uh, in constant prayer for you and your children and everybody else involved in this case, um, between now and, and October. Um, that, uh, so thank you for coming on. We might bring you on again before, sure, uh, sure. October 15th. If anything new happens, yeah, I'll um, let you know if something happens. Thank you for, for coming on, Jeff. I really thank appreciate you. you taking your time. Appreciate it. I really hope that any of you who listened to that conversation, um, found yourself just in a sobering reflection, uh, of what's going on in our state. Uh, one really grateful, um, for where you're at. You know, so many of us are, anxious and worried and stressed about different things that are going on in our life. And then you sit down with somebody like Jeff Younger and you realize that there are a lot of other people who are facing real serious trials. And you think about even towards the end when he asked uh, for us to be in prayer for his son, Jude, who's also very confused. I mean, to think about what it would be like um, to be a six-year-old boy and have your twin brother be somebody who is a girl half the time and a boy half the time and the confusion and just the abuse that you'd be going through, the mental abuse that the, that, that would process. Um, 